guys, we are back with another episode of Girls Gone Tired. And we're going to kick it off with our tired scale as per usual. So Riley, on a scale of 1 to 10, how tired are you this week? Thankfully, I'm still running at like a 4, so I'm not that (laughs) tired. I mean, I am tired because, okay, we have transitioned our dog from kibble to farmer's (laughs) dog. And let me tell you something. Do you – what do you feed your dog? Kibble, but I've considered farmer's dog. It's just so expensive. (laughs) Let me tell you. If you make the transition, it will be like giving your dog fucking crack. Mm -hmm. And they will want it every second of the fucking day. All they will think about is food and their entire personality will change. Mm -hmm. Now, this (laughs) should be an ad for the fucking company. Because Farmer's Dog has made my dog legit crazy. Like, he wakes up because we normally wake up around 5 every morning for work. Mm -hmm. We don't get to sleep in on the weekends anymore. That motherfucker is up at (laughs) 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 4.30. And he, like, how he wakes you up is he, like, puts his nose in your eyes and Mm -hmm. just, like, pokes you. And then you'll like kind of move and then he'll rub his head on your neck and start licking your face and no one fucking wants his dog breath in your face. So you're like, get off of me. Try to make him go back to bed. No. So we have had the pain of waking up early every weekend now because he wants his fucking food. Why did you guys switch him? I mean, I know it's like healthier than kibble, but. So we got him back from a boarding like when we went for Christmas the boarding Mm -hmm. situation he was there for like eight days and he didn't have like normal poop when he came back so Mm -hmm. we were kind of like freaking out about that and then we gave him chicken and rice for a couple days to like get him back to having solid poops and he finally did and he just really liked it and we Mm -hmm. were like oh are we really doing the best for our dog like he doesn't (laughs) always want to eat kibble like he does and he eats his food daily but he doesn't like always he's not enthusiastic about it on the weekends because we normally sleep in and then he wouldn't eat his food all day until like two so it's just really annoying so we were like you know what let's just do a trial run with farmer's dog and I was like super nervous because I just didn't want him to have any stomach issues like I didn't want his poop to change or anything like that because it's been so consistent and it's always Mm -hmm. normal and we got him on it and this dog he cries so loud when we open the bag like he is like fucking give it to me and he's so crazy and then we put it down it's gone in like two seconds it's insane and he just loves it like he literally his day is based around his breakfast and his dinner. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're like, well, we can't take it away from him now. Like he's so obsessed with it. We have to keep him going on it. But yeah, so I haven't really been getting to sleep in because he's so freaking crazy in the mornings about his food. So that's been fun. But yeah, I'm still feeling like a four. Nothing too crazy. And I just wanted to give some updates. So I've been super stressed out, you know, because of the wedding. 
Mm-hmm. I decided to, yeah, <laughs> I decided to go rogue and I just started booking everything. So I pretty much have everything booked now. <laughs> booked the most expensive photographer. Don't even nice. care because I was like, <laughs> she's the one I wanted, but like I just couldn't wrap my mind around her price. And then I just justified it because I get to make three separate payments. So I was like, oh, it's actually only this much because yeah. I have to make three payments. So that's how I justified that. I have my trip to like do the food or whatever, and then I just have to book hair and makeup. But everything else is booked. That's and amazing. Ready to go. Yeah. And I have my save the dates. They're finished, but – we have to go get stamps because I don't even know how to mail shit out. So now I have to go <laughs> buy stamps, put them on, and then those will eventually go out sometime. Probably going to make Gary do it. <laughs> and then also went wedding dress shopping at an outlet. Yay! And if you live in Oregon, I think there's a couple other stores in California, but highly recommend Brides for a Cause. My coworker told me about it. And it's amazing. It's just a bunch of – they're a nonprofit. So it's a bunch of dresses that are donated from mm-hmm. either brides or stores that, like, are getting rid of their collections. And it's so nice. It's such a nicer experience than going to a bridal boutique because you yeah. walk in and then you search all the racks yourself. You have your own room and then you can try on as many dresses as you want. You just have to have five in your – like room at a time right? and then your person like has to stay with you. They can't like pull dresses or anything while you're trying them on. But it's amazing because you get to just kind of be in your own and like decide if you like it with your – you don't have anyone else's opinion. You don't have anyone going, do you like it? Do you like it? I feel like, like this is a you and me thing though. Other people would be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you can have them give you a guided experience if you want, but like thank God no one bothered me. Yeah. And oh, and driving to the boutique. So this one's in Portland. Again, not my favorite place to go. It's just kind of crazy down there. We get off the freeway and I'm like, that is a naked man. That mm. is a naked man. There's just this naked man like freely riding his bike down <laughs> the street and he's like hands up, just relaxing on his bike. And I'm like, he's not naked. Like the whole time in my head, I was like, he's not naked. He's not naked. No, he's naked. Like there's no way. There's nothing. We saw junk and all. He's living his life. I was like, Dude, one of the first five dicks I saw was somebody in San Francisco in a trench coat just walking. Naked. Is it legal in San Francisco? Because I found out I it's legal so. in Oregon to be it, naked. It definitely wasn't at the time. So. <laughs> so fucking weird. This is the second naked man I've seen since crazy. living here. But I was like – Bravo to you, dude. Like, living yeah. your fucking life. <laughs> like, I could never be naked in public. No. But yeah. So that was really interesting. That just kind of shows where I was. Well, anyways. Yeah. So that was an amazing experience. I found a dress that I don't even know what the original price was, but it was marked down to 500 and I'm going back later today to try it on again to see if I really want it because Yay. I can't stop thinking about it. It was just – it was hard because in person, 
like it's super shiny and it's a mm-hmm. dress I never thought I'd go for because it's very like princess vibes. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty in person and it's not white, which I love. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I'm like, fuck. Like this is not the idea I had in my head at all. It never and then is, when we, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> and But like when – I had photos taken of it. I was like, oh, no, this does not look good on me. But then I kept staring at the photos and I was like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm so, I don't know. And I can't remember the feeling. Like, you know, once you take something off, like that memory is gone. You only Mm -hmm. remember that moment for so long. And now I can't remember that moment of feeling it on me anymore. And so I'm like, did I like it that much? But the only beautiful part about that dress was I would not have to alter it at all. It fit Mm -hmm. me perfectly. So there would be nothing I have to do. It would be that price and I'd be good to go. So that's another decision that I'm kind of stressed out about that I'm going to have to make later today. If you slept on it and you're still thinking about it, that's a good sign. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) a good sign and it being a dress that you weren't like picturing yourself wearing is also a good sign because I it's truly like you never know what you're gonna go with until you try them on yeah I know I just never thought I would get a strapless dress I just don't like the idea of like you know how like it pushes on like this part under your armpits Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I don't like that like little fat part. It just like sits there. I'm like, ew, <laughs> go away. So, and I don't like my hair is going to be long mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll cover that part. So I'm like, maybe that will make it better. But I, I, I think I do like it in person. Like I think I love it and it's not expensive. So that's yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so we'll see. I might have a dress, might not but my mom doesn't know, so <laughs> no one go tell her. <laughs> I was, like, talking to the bridal boutique, and they were like, you know, we have brides all the time that, like, they'll drop off their dress the night before and then, like, act like they go haven't seen it Go and try it on, yeah. Yes, and then the mom will think it's, like, the first time they're trying it on, but they already bought it. <laughs> I'm like, but, okay, like, but what if your mom doesn't like yeah. it? <laughs> She's like, um, and then, no, that doesn't look good. Right. And then like, do you leave without the dress that you already paid for? And mm-hmm. then you come back like the next day <laughs> to pick it up. You're like, yeah, actually. <laughs> You're like, act like I didn't buy it. But like, I'm coming yeah. back later to get it. <laughs> but then it's awkward because then if they didn't like it on you. You're like, oh, okay, I'll try on other dresses. And then you end up wearing that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not their choice. Like, surprise. But like, yeah, I actually really liked it and went back for it. So, yeah, I know. And like, we were very at first, like, plain dress, nothing on it, super classic. And then my mom even told me the other day, she's like, I kind of feel like you need stuff on your dress. Like, I feel like. It shouldn't look like a slip dress almost, like a dress mm-hmm. that should be underneath like the bedazzle. So I was like, okay, she at least she agrees on that. So I'm not sure how I'm going to tell her. Like maybe I'll just surprise her and she shows up to my house when she comes out. And, and you're wearing it. And, and I'm wearing <laughs> it. <laughs> but we'll see. 
I'll update you on that. And then um, last thing, have you watched The Bear? Yeah, I watched the first. How many seasons are there? Are there two or three? I think there's two so far. Okay, we watched the first season. Okay, did you like it? I did. I didn't like it as much as everybody else does, but I thought it, I mean, they were good actors and stuff. I just wasn't that invested. We haven't gotten to season two because I'm not that invested, you know? Okay. Yeah. So Gary made me start that this morning and (laughs) we're watching it and I'm like, this is so interesting because in our heads we are like, oh, it's going to show you all the characters because they're all in this fancy restaurant And then it's going to go back in time and then show you how they got there. Mm -hmm. So we're watching it and we're trying to figure out the story because we always do that. We're like, oh, this is blah, blah, this is blah, blah. Oh, this is how it's going to happen. And then he like paused it for some reason. And I look up in the corner and it says season two, episode 10. We're watching the finale of season two. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like a fancy restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like wait a minute, we're on season two. Like, we're not even watching the first episode. Have you ever done that? We've done that now, like, two or three times. With Castle Rock, I think. Um, Oh, I love Castle Rock. We just started, like, right in the middle on accident, and then I was like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, so we're getting into that. That will be our new show. We'll see if we like it, but I don't know. I don't really yeah. like cooking shows. Yeah, see, that was me too, and I that's why I was just not invested. I like that main actor, the one who's in um, Shameless too. Um, like I never watched Shameless. Dude. Well, I went back and watched it super late. That's my thing. Like I watch shows way past their prime. Um, yeah, that's how I am. And then I'm like, <laughs> can you believe this happened? And everyone's like – like I watched yeah. Gossip Girl when I was like 25. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched that one when I was super late too, but I was like 19 or 20 and people had already like seen it all. Yeah. Um, and you want to talk about it, but you have no one to talk about it to. Yeah. Well, I would watch like, it like been people there. are re-watching and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a good actor. But, so, Well, I'm excited. Hopefully. I just, I need a new show. My show's mm-hmm. almost over. Do you, have you ever seen Downton Abbey? No, I just, I, that's not for me. Okay, it wasn't for me either. Now I'm obsessed. Did you watch Bridgerton? Yep, and I didn't like it. I couldn't finish the first season. Okay, I was the same way. I was like, this is the worst show ever. I hated that they didn't speak. Like, I don't like, or now I do, but I didn't like how they spoke in the past because I didn't Mm -hmm. really understand it. Like, I was like, I don't. I don't even understand this language. Like, what yeah. language are they speaking? But now I'm obsessed with it. So, like, all the shows that are in the past, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I'm always talking to Gary, like, can you believe they did this in the 40s? And, like, did you know Civil War was like this? And he's just oh like, my God. who the fuck are you? Like, get with it. We learned all this in history. I'm like, yeah, but it's so interesting on a show. So now oh I'm obsessed God. with it. <laughs> But he won't let me watch Downton Abbey when he's around, so it's really annoying. But I'm almost done with it, which I'm sad. I've heard people love it, but again, I just – people loved Bridgerton, and truly, I, like, never – I wanted to get into it just because FOMO, but couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, see, I thought it was more of, like, a sex show 
Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of sex scenes and that's why people liked it. And then I realized like, oh no, there's actually a full storyline and it's not about that. So yeah. that's what made me like it. But yeah, enough updates with me. <laughs> How tired are you this week? Um, well, I had a very stressful week, which we can get into later, but um, I think I'm recovering from that. So I'd say I'm like a five out of 10, just like kind of mid- um <laughs> I just existing. Yeah, just here living life, doing it, you know. <laughs> I mean, could I take a nap? Sure. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh this week was pretty productive. We so speaking of photographers, we booked our maternity and new f- newborn photos. Um, which I'm super excited about. I did not go with that woman who was going to be like 2,400. So go me. I'm pretty proud of myself for, it was tempting because same with you and your wedding photographer. You're like, but it's so special. I mean, it's different. It's so special. And like, you want these perfect images and you have this idea in your head and you find this photographer who creates those images. And then you're like, fuck, it's too much. Right. Um, so I have compromised, um, and went with a good photographer who's not nearly as expensive and local. So super excited. We have that on the calendar. And then, um, I, so speaking of shows, I started Gilmore Girls back in October. Um, oh, which there I could are, never, I didn't that think show I was painful. I loved it. Um, It took me a minute to get into it. It's seven fucking seasons and like each season has 22 episodes and they're all like 45 minutes. Oh my God. That was a long time. And I I talked, there's this girl out here in Charlotte. She was telling me she watched it in two weeks. I'm like, what the fuck? October. You're like, you have no life. (laughs) It took me like four or five months to get through that thing. Um, But I just finished that this weekend. I'm excited about it because I feel like it just frees up my life a little bit. Because when you get in the trenches of a show, you're like... (laughs) Dude, I need to to get through this because I just need to be able to move on. Yeah, but like I can't not. So every like spare moment I have, I'm like trying to cram in an episode. See, Um, that's how I am with Downton Abbey. Yeah, and it's exhausting, but you love it. It's just exhausting. And then like your life feels a little sad afterwards, but like again, you're also happy because you have free time again. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I don't really have free time because I started this book like three months ago that I need to finish. And then I also was in the middle of suits. But like I'm making progress (laughs) towards finishing these things out. So I don't want, for the record, everybody, I do not want any show recommendations, any book recommendations. I have way too much to catch up on. So (laughs) here we are. Um, But this week, super excited. So I have felt like I've been feeling our baby kick for a couple weeks now. It definitely mm-hmm. took longer because I might have an interior placenta. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. <laughs> um, I have an interior placenta, and so it makes it like there's a cushion. But, like, you think you can feel them. And I felt that way for a couple of weeks. But then, like, two or three days ago, I was laying in bed at night, and I felt him kicking. And so I told Mason, I was like, oh, yeah, he's kicking pretty nonstop right now. And Mason wanted to feel him. And I was like, oh, he's not going to be able to feel him because, like, I barely know that it's him, you know? Mm-hmm. But we laid – I laid on my back and had Mason put his hands there and we played music for him. He kicked for him twice. So Mason got to feel him. Aww. It was so freaking cool. And it was validating for me because I'm like, okay, yes, it is him. Like, I didn't know if yeah. I was crazy or if it was truly him. So Mason finally felt our baby boy, which was pretty sick. And that then, is so exciting. Like that probably felt so real to him, obviously, because 
he doesn't have anything to go off of. Like you get to feel your baby and he doesn't right. know what's going on. So like for him to actually get to feel him, he's probably like, whoa, like there is a yeah. baby in there. Well, and what was so cool about it is because again, it was very validating for me too. But like when I would feel him kick internally, Mason's eyes would get really wide and he was like, was that him? So I'm like, okay, it is a hundred percent those motions that I thought were him, uh, but are him. So yeah, super cool. That's awesome. Um, and then I also did a prenatal yoga class for the first time yesterday, oh. actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was, it was awesome. It was like a community slash yoga class. So like the first 30 minutes, everybody, everybody in the class is pregnant and you go around and you say like where you're at and how you're feeling, blah, blah, blah. And then you do an hour worth of yoga. And I didn't truly – like, you can feel things changing throughout your pregnancy, like your center of gravity. Like, it's a lot harder for me to put on shoes or socks standing up now. Um, but, like, outside of that, you really just, like, feel like yourself, especially in the second trimester. Until mm-hmm. you do fucking yoga, dude. <laughs> so, like – child's pose you're just like leaning back and like you're like having to situate your belly and it's like your legs are uncomfortable I am so sore today that like you would think I just like ran a marathon but nope it's just (laughs) fucking yoga so I think that put me at the five (laughs) yeah but no outside of that though I truly had just the most stressful week because (sighs) I feel like this is just how it works in corporate America. Like you go through phases where it's like, oh, things are going well. And then you just have like two, three weeks where it's just a straight shit show. And I am in the middle of one of those two to three week periods. And it was just God awful. Um, And I actually ended up having stress dreams about it last night on a Saturday night. I know. And it was like literally so real. (laughs) (laughs) Like you even have to be in my dreams. What the fuck? Um, so I figured that would be a good segue into this week's episode. God, the stress of work, especially when you have a job that's not supposed to be stressful and Mm -hmm. it ends up being stressful. It's like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, this is why I chose this job because it's easy. (laughs) Yeah. And it's more relaxed. Like coming from a call center position, going into the position I'm in now, The call center is stressful every day of your life. You don't know who you're going to get on the phone. You don't know who you're going to get in the emails. You don't know what kind of lunatic is going to come across that line and just ruin your day. And you just gotta, (laughs) yeah, like you just have to be ready for it and like expect your day to be ruined. And it's almost better in a sense. To be able to deal with the stress management of that position because you're expecting it. You're like, I know shit's going to be crazy at work today because it's crazy every day. And if I get lucky and I don't get any crazy people on the phone, awesome. But like you're just expecting it. When you go into a position where you're like, okay, this is routine. I know the expectation of me. Sometimes it'll get busier. Sometimes it'll get slower. But when you get hit with like, just fucking everything going wrong at work and like you don't have the tools to back up to like get back to normal god Mm -hmm. it fucks you up so I'm right there with you on like work has been so stressful this past month and it's just not really getting any better for me 
Yeah. And here's what I'll say for all those people who say like millennials don't have a work ethic. And I know we're like the later millennials, like we're almost the next generation. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, dude. Like I work my ass off to the point where I'm dreaming about it. And so that's yeah. why I think when it's so stressful, it's like, I just take it home. But when I thought about this week, I did because I've been having to vent to my boss a lot um, mm-hmm. just to get through all of this stupid shit. And so I started thinking about like all of my pet peeves with corporate America and there were so many <laughs> and I tried to like avoid them. But the one that really fucking pisses me off and you can tell me if you disagree. I hate when people are like, um, welcome to the such and such company family. We're a mm-hmm. family here, but it's like, right. you're not a fucking family when you're going through layoffs. Are you? You're <laughs> cutting their livelihood. That's not, you're not a family. And then it's like it creates this environment where you're like expected to continue to show up like in your personal life because it's your family. Like, why would you not show up for your family? Right. And they're always like, we're a team. We're all in this together. We want to build a support system so every team feels supported so we Mm -hmm. can reach our end goals. Because (laughs) at the end of the day, we care about our employees and we're here to service them and we want the smoothest ride possible. And you're like, wow, that is so inspiring. But it's funny because when you're the bottom of the totem pole, like Mm -hmm. your department that does so much shit for other departments, but yet you're still technically the bottom. So no one actually knows what you do, even Mm -hmm. though you're like the backbone. It is so frustrating because you're the first to be forgotten. You're the first where they expect more. And they don't even fucking know what you do, but they Mm -hmm. continue to increase the expectations. And also, all of our systems are now broken. So everything that is more efficient for us to get our work done has now collapsed. Mm -hmm. And we're not able to do things in a quick manner anymore because all the functions that we normally use to get information generated faster no longer works. Yeah. We have been putting in tickets to IT for the past month to get all these systems fixed and like another system just like hits the fan and then we can't get it fixed and then they're like, you still have to meet your SLAs, you have to meet your quota, why aren't these fixed? Oh, overtime's authorized and you're like, even overtime can't save us. Like, <laughs> we need these to be fixed and then they have to run it up the totem pole and then it just keeps getting passed on to each supervisor but they don't even know how to explain what they need they're like wait what is it that right. you need and then they're like don't worry we have someone looking into it and then we keep getting responses of like we tried this but it didn't work we'll try again next week right. and it's like right i don't think any of you fuckers realize that you need us like, we mm-hmm. do all this busy work for you so you don't have to, but now none of the busy work's getting finished because none of our shit works anymore. And it's just so frustrating. Like, do not – we're not included on meetings often. So, mm-hmm. like, we get maybe one meeting with, like, the higher-up people every month, maybe every two months. So when we go into those meetings, we're like – this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. We need help with this, this, this. And they're like, oh, I did not realize. And it's like, yeah, because you never fucking meet with us. Like you say we're a team, Mm -hmm. but we're always the team that's excluded. 
but yet we're the bottom. Like we're your foundation. You don't get X, right. Y, and Z done until we get our work done and we can't get our work done <laughs> because nothing's working. <laughs> so right. it's been so stressful. It's like don't promote that – we encourage teamwork and we're a support system and you want all your employees to feel comfortable in this environment, if you're not able to like put in the same effort to make our job easier that you're doing for your own team, you know? Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, again, it's like that family mindset, but you're right. It's like, there's so many instances where you're a family until you're not like, Oh, you need right. support on this? Good fucking luck. <laughs> right. It's like, well, I bet I'm going to help my immediate family. Yeah. Well, like the extended family, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> but the problem is that family mindset is what makes people feel – this is one of my other pet peeves about just corporate America in general. It makes people feel like overtime and like working extra is like a bragging right. And I cannot stand that. Like, don't get me wrong. I have done my fair share of overtime at plenty of jobs and that there were reasons for it, whatever. But like to use it as a bragging right, I just, okay, first of all, at the end of the day, yes, you could sometimes get paid more if you're non-exempt, but if you're exempt, like you literally get nothing for it. And it's like, cool. You just sacrificed. Okay. For me personally, I work to have a living. Like I work right. to have money to, so I can do the things that I want to do with the people that I love. And if work then bleeds into that personal time, why is that a fucking bracking right? Like right. you just lost quality time with the people that you care about for this company that would dump you if they had to. Right. Right. Like, like you are always great. expendable. Congrats. <laughs> No matter how important you think you are. And here's something I'll say on that note. People think that like their job is recession proof or um, the industry that they're in is recession proof. You are never, ever, ever safe. A hundred percent safe. So like, again, you don't let that teamwork, family mindset make you think, or if you're working overtime and you're giving it your all, don't make that let you think that you're a hundred percent safe. Nobody is a hundred percent safe ever. Yeah. And I will say something about overtime. So it is exciting for me when I get overtime just because we don't get it often Mm -hmm. because we're usually on top of our work. But now everything's hit the fan. So none of us are on top of our work. And so overtime, I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I worked overtime two weeks ago during the ice storm because I was the only one working. So (laughs) I had to get caught up on Mm -hmm. things. So I worked overtime. I was super excited. I think I worked like four extra hours of overtime. I was like, whatever. Like, I'm going to get a little bit extra on this paycheck. Are you fucking kidding me? I know, like, obviously I worked more. So more went into my retirement, whatever. I made $50 extra. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? I was like, okay, like there is no point for me to dedicate four extra hours after my shift if I'm only going to get paid $50 extra. Right. So then it's like, fuck that. Now I know I'm not going to fucking work overtime unless I absolutely Mm -hmm. have to because there's no fucking point unless I'm working a full eight-hour day where I'm going to get paid where it's worth it and more taxes taken out anyway. So it's like – I'm going to work overtime just to pay the government? (laughs) No. Fuck you. 
Like right. it's ridiculous. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. And that's, uh, there are so many things that are wrong with it, but I, all of these things, so like you invest your time and your energy and you're trying to give it your all. Yeah. But then think about what you get back. And again, I get it. Yeah. Here's, I'm working in corporate America. I'm going to continue to work in corporate America. I know that there are benefits of it, but just like think about some of the things that we have to go through. Like, okay, for example, obviously this one hits close to home for me and Mason, but generally like maternity leave. In America, it sucks dick. Like we have basically no protections. We have FMLA like on the federal level and then states get to decide what they want to implement. And then your company can also make decisions on what to implement. So like you, for me, it's like my maternity leave I have six weeks of disability I can use. That's for while I'm determined to be disabled, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not the whole pregnancy. It's just when my doctor says I'm disabled. And that's 60% of your pay. If you want to get 100% of your pay, you have to supplement that with PTO that you've earned (laughs) over time working, right? And then that's just six weeks. Think about six weeks. And you're typically declared disabled like a week before you have the baby, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. that's only five weeks with your baby at this point. And again, 60% of your normal pay. So then if you want to, oh, in the first week, by the way, there's a delay. So you have to, no matter what, your first week of disability, if you want it to be paid, you have to do it with your own PTO. Then after that six week period, you can have up to 12 weeks off total, not in addition to total. And the remaining six weeks are um, unpaid. So if you want them to be paid, you have to have enough PTO. Do you know anybody who has 12 weeks of PTO stored up? I don't. That's insane. (laughs) I have 12 weeks paid. Mm -hmm. I don't have to use PTO. Mason has 16 weeks paid. But then this goes back to, so I work for a company. I know. Isn't that crazy? He's not not feeding the baby. Yeah. 16 weeks paid. Mm-hmm. Fully what paid too. It's not actual virtual. fuck. That yeah. is insane. That is insane. Right. And so, okay, but that actually goes to show. So let's go back to this family dynamic, right? So we're a family, but now I'm a I'm a person in said family who is in need to c- take care of another member of the family, right? Right. But fuck you. Figure that shit out, or else you need to come back to work and make more money. So it's like yeah. again. How much of a family are we when in your times of need, it's like figure your shit out. And again, companies can choose. They could choose to implement their own policy. They could choose to like let you have more than they don't. Right. So my ass that we're a family. (laughs) Well, also, it is kind of crazy to think about that that probably – like obviously they're not supposed to be biased or anything, but that could – be a potential factor of what people look for in a job, which I've never thought about. Like they hire older people or they hire people who already have their families in place or they don't want families because they know down the line they're never going to have to worry about a pregnancy. Like I recently realized like I'm the only one at my company within my department that would be taking maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And it's like if – I leave because we're such a small team, they would need to like hire someone or like get a temporary contractor while Mm -hmm. I'm on maternity leave. Like they need extra help. They can't just not have me. 
And then it kind of makes you nervous because it's like, yeah, I can willingly (laughs) take this like paid leave or whatever, but I am going to have a job when I come back, right? (laughs) Like you're not going to like (laughs) fire me and like keep the other person on or like hopefully you just add the other person because we really do need another person. But it is, like, interesting because it's not something I've ever thought about. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then you're like, wait, the company doesn't always have your best interests and they may do things that are just easier for them and are cost efficient, you know? Like, they're not really thinking of you as a person. They're thinking of you in numbers. That's a business. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a business. Which is right. why this that you give your life to, is, but it's, it's yeah, okay. exactly. That's my whole point with all of this with corporate America. At the end of the day, it is still a business. Like I actually, I love the yeah. company that I work for, and I, of course, there's always things that you would do differently or want to see done differently. But at the end of the day, I'm really, really happy with the company I'm with. But yeah. it just goes to show, like it's a reflection for us personally. Like, don't forget, this is a business with a bottom line. Like, you are right. just a part of a business. You aren't. They can't. At the end of the day, they have to make decisions for the business need for the business to be successful. So, you as a person need to make decisions for yourself that are going to benefit you personally because the business is doing the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's like you always have to look out for yourself because that's exactly what the business is doing as well. Right. And I've honestly learned that the hard way because I've realized I have very good work ethic. And I think it mm-hmm. honestly comes from the way my parents raised me, but also like cheer because cheer – you're held accountable like for 5 a.m. practices and things like that. In high school, we were held accountable. If we didn't like show up and do our part, then we ran a fucking lot and it fucking sucks. So you were like, okay, I now know how to be 15 minutes early to everything in my life because if I'm not 15 minutes early, I'm late. Like that's just how we were kind of raised and groomed to be. Mm -hmm. And so – When I work, like, you're going to get 110% of me at the job. Like, when I am there, I am trying to get as much tasks done as I can in that day. I don't take breaks. Like, I know I have them and I can take them, but because I am on my own schedule, I only take Mm -hmm. my lunch. And I don't ever step away from my computer unless I need to go to the bathroom or something. Like I'm not going, oh, 15-minute break. Like I'm going to leave. No, I don't take those every day. I just want to work while I'm there. I want to get as much done and I just want to show that I'm here as your employee. Like I'm here to work. And it's so crazy because I've never needed validation before like if someone Mm -hmm. says thank you or something like that's not how I get my work ethic I just keep doing what I'm doing and like yeah the thank yous were like whatever to me when I was younger but now like being overloaded when we complete like very large projects and you get that one email from all the higher ups that's like thank you we appreciate you it's like "Mm -hmm. do you Like, do you know (laughs) how many hours that I spent on that project with all these systems being broken and all the extra work I had to do because you're not making my job easier? Like, I'm over here trying to make your job easier doing all this extra work that I wouldn't normally do, but I'm doing it for you. Mm -hmm. And there's just no compromise. Like, 
they're like, no, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be moving forward. And you're like, but you don't understand that's going to add 15 minutes to each task that I have to do if this is how it is moving forward. And they're like, well, that's okay. You still get it done, right? And you're like, yeah, dude, I'm not made of hours. Like, I'm not made to live at the building 24 hours right. a day to complete all this shit. Like, it's so crazy to me that it's not like a double standard. Well, like, that's actually course. what made me think of this because we we had changes at work and um, we – so we had, we had layoffs and we as a team, my team – lost like half of our team and Mm -hmm. one of the people on my team and it came from a very positive place was just like oh we're gonna make it happen like we're gonna basically continue business as usual because we're capable and we're just gonna keep moving forward with our best foot right Mm -hmm. but it's like the business just told you they don't value what we're bringing because they cut half of our team you know what I mean and right we don't I think that's just so natural and I am guilty of this at times too, where it's like, sure, could I work even harder? And I'm somebody, seriously, like I don't respond to texts throughout the week. Like I am like so zoned in. I give work right. so much of my energy during working hours that like after work, I'm so drained. I feel like I can't do anything and I'm not, this yeah. is not a, wow, I'm so great. No, it's like, that's a problem. Like that's too much energy right. dedicated and I'm already doing that as is. So then you lose half your team and the first motive is like, oh, let's prove that we can continue to keep up the same level of like help and support that we've been doing with a team double the size. And it's like, sure, could we? Yeah. But think about the energy that I'd have to exert. Again, beyond what I'm already exerting, I would literally be a zombie. And like, I'm barely borderline not a zombie as it is. So it's like, those are the, those are the conversations that I think we just need to be more like transparent about. It's like, could we give it even more? Sure. But is that our job? Like, is that right? What we're supposed like, is that going to gonna make it more efficient? Probably right. not. No. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't just keep like, we're not just these rags where you could just keep squeegeeing them out and they just keep giving you water. No, eventually you're going to yeah. run out and you shouldn't do that to yourself. Or you're going to make mistakes. Business. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's where I've gotten with it. And again, love love the company that I'm at and I I just think that there's this rhetoric that's like oh we've got to give it all of our every being and it's like no you're gonna fucking drain yourself to your core yeah no it's definitely rough and like it's hard because you're so happy for those people that work their way up and they get those mm-hmm. like manager positions and they're very high up in the company and you're like, fucking good for you. I hope one day I could get to that position, you know? But then you realize like a lot of their positions, like the majority of the time they're sitting in meetings every single mm-hmm. day, like the meetings about how to make the company better, how to reduce numbers, like things like that. They're sitting and just presenting and talking all fucking day and it's like you almost lose sight of like all the shit that's going on underneath it's like you were taken out of the factory and now you no longer know what it takes to run the factory and it's Mm -hmm. like a disconnect where it's like no like include the lower people on the totem pole in your like transition projects and things like that so that we know what 
is the expectation. And we can even give you ideas of like, these are the daily tasks we do. And this is Mm -hmm. what's going to make it more efficient to get it done. And I just, that's my only issue with larger companies is that disconnect because Mm -hmm. there's so many people to manage. There's so many employees at this point. Yeah, it's a well-oiled machine, but at the same time, it's like all the parts don't talk to each other anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Like they're all disconnected and it's like what is going on? But I will say like – I love my company so much and I'm so happy that I got into healthcare because they really do take care of you on like the benefit side and everything like that. And I just, there are layoffs that still happen in the company depending on your position. It's usually newer teams that they try out and then they realize it can become more automated so they don't necessarily need the people anymore. Like it's always the teams that are working to make something more automated and more efficient that like, being Bye. taken away. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, maybe keep them around. Like they can still help and like improve the company. But that is one thing I'm like thankful is like there's a little bit more job security. But again, like you said, you never know. <laughs> like, you never know. You never know when it's going to be your position next. I think the takeaway is let's just not be corporate robots. You can have a strong work ethic and give it your all while also remembering that at the end of the day, they're a business and you're not. So Yeah, I know. And we only have one life, life. so fucking live it. (laughs) (laughs) I should add in that music as the outro. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways... Thanks for listening to another episode. If you have any advice for work-life balance or if you have any funny stories to share or questions to ask, you know where to get us at Girls Gone Tired on Instagram or on TikTok. And if you don't want us to know who you are, you can use a link in our bio on Instagram to send us messages anonymously. But with that, get some sleep, bitches. Peace.